Berlin. Welcome everyone to episode 43 of the Booth Review. Dominic Gozier and Jack Leach here on a Friday the 13th. Mm. In 2022, oh man, you never know. But it's Friday, November 13th, 2020. Jack Leach and Dominic Kosher here on the booth review. Jack, you excited to be here today? I'm excited to be here. Friday the 13th. I mean, we just had our spooky edition last time. I mean, can this get more spookier? I mean, you got to see what's planned for this episode. We got a lot of uh, football talk today, but then also we some of the oddest questions I've seen. I don't know if this ties into the Friday the 13th vibe that you mentioned, but a really weird uh, some questions we got will answer it at the end of the show. That's true. Only really one sport going on right now that's the nfl and college football nba starts later in december and others as well soccer's going on too but they're under an international break so we're focusing a lot of attention on the nfl so if you're a big nfl fan this episode is for you like many others starting with our predictions every week i hope you guys have been keeping track and trying to determine who's been better between me and jack between these predictions we have the game of the week upset and lock this week's game of the week AFC versus NFC. The Buffalo Bills are at the Arizona Cardinals at 3.05, I believe, on Sunday. Great matchup and a rare matchup between these two teams. Jack, I'll start with you. Are you going AFC or are you going NFC? And I was actually really, it, it's always weird when we make these picks, it's always last minute, I feel like, with my decision. But I'm going to go NFC. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to win this game. And I think I was so surprised, actually, with uh, last week's game between the Cardinals and Dolphins. I was actually really surprised the Dolphins stuck through and won that game. One of the more impressive wins I've seen so far this year. I mean, he had two as quarterback, especially rookie quarterback going into an environment in Arizona. I know the fans, there's no fan really attendance and a fan factor, but I think just going on the road and winning that game was super impressive for the Dolphins. Um, but Arizona had so many opportunities to just close it out, put the nail in the coffin, but it seems like they didn't. They let uh, the Dolphins come back into it, but I think they kind of, with that offensive uh, kind of uh, power that they had last game, they're going to carry that over. I mean, Kyler Murray, I mean... Are we real? I'm think I'm ready to say. I think we were we were talking about a little bit off the air, but I think he's got more potential than Lamar Jackson at this point. What do you think? Do you think we do agree I with something like he's that? He's a better th- passer of the yeah. ball. That's not even yeah. debatable. And his rushing ability yeah. is right there with Lamar. So yeah, I mean, because I'm at a point where it's like we're seeing Lamar compete in these games, and he just can't go toe to toe passing the ball. I mean, if the Ravens are down, they're basically screwed. And with Lamar, I mean, he's on pace now. I saw this stat: first quarterback ever to go 4,000 passing yards, 1,000 rushing yards. So it really goes to show. He he can throw the ball really effectively down the field. I mean, he's got a really good arm, especially for his size. That was actually one of the surprise things I've seen from him um, in his NFL career. Um, but I think moving forward, Christian Kirk's getting really involved. The running game kind of sketchy. Um, Edmonds had a full blow at it, uh, a full chance to go with it uh, last week with Kenyon Drake. I will see how that kind of runs through um, in that factor. But I think receiving wise, they're all straight. Uh, defensively, they're getting a little bit better, getting more healthier. I think uh, the Cardinals are going to win this game. Um, it's actually really weird looking at percentages. This is the only thing that kind of held me back a little bit. I don't know if this is the jinx factor, but they have the Cardinals winning. 58% chance to win this game. That seems a little bit too high. You got 7-2 and two Buffalo coming into uh, your home stadium. I think that might be a little too bit too high, but I'm going to go the over. 56 currently stands the over-under. I'm going to go with a 32-28 to 28 win for the Arizona Cardinals. All right. I, you know, both these teams are uh, one, two of the best teams in the league, in my opinion. I know Arizona lost last week, but I still believe in them. I believe in Kyler for the reasons you said. He's emerged as an MVP candidate for his ability through the year and on the ground that we saw Lamar win MVP with last year. But I just have more faith right now in this Buffalo Bills team than I do this Arizona Cardinals team. Josh Allen's obviously been great all year, but I want to focus on the defense first. Last week, you were going against Russell Wilson, one of the best players in the world. He doesn't turn over. Over the ball that much until last week two interceptions two fumbles that doesn't happen often against Wilson but that just shows what Buffalo was able to do well their game plan was perfect and it's really hard to game plan for a team that has DK Metcalf Wilson and Lockett and company but they did so when they shut him down got pressure and forced Wilson to have his worst game of the year he still had 390 yards but he still had his worst game of the season in terms of the numbers and now you're going against a Kyler Murray that isn't Wilson's caliber? He's an excellent quarterback and one of the best in the league right now. But Wilson and Mahomes are on their own tier, I believe, at the very top. And obviously, Kyler is not there just yet. So I think the Bills will have a better chance of game playing for him, even though what he does with his legs is going to be a difficulty. But then you look on the other side of the ball. This Cardinals defense has been up and down. They've had a lot of injuries. Like you said, they are getting healthier. But this Bills offense is really starting to become complete. John Brown, a low-key guy that you don't really talk about that much. You don't really start on your fantasy teams either. 
But the difference he makes for that Buffalo offense is extraordinary. You saw it last week, just opened up the entire passing game. He was all over the place. He had about 95 yards, I believe, in Stephon Diggs, one of the best receivers in the league right now. You have multiple passing options. And then in the running game, you need some production out of Singletary and Moss. But I trust the passing game and Josh Allen to really open up the ground game against the Cardinals and a defense that, like I said, has been up and down. And in a game that I think will be a shootout, my final score is 37-27. I trust Allen more than I do Kyler Murray and again that'll be high scoring so a 10 point win for Buffalo as they pull off I guess it's an upset according to the numbers that's crazy here, crazy uh, uh, over the Cardinals but yeah I, I mean I could agree with the shootout especially I think indoor indoor stadium um, I not weather's not obviously a factor kind of that afternoon window you mentioned 305 I got to see a lot of highlights in that game but I mean you mentioned it um, John Brown's a guy who's come back from injury is a sneaky guy also that receiving core is better than what we expected I mean Stephon Diggs coming in I mean he wasn't high my fantasy radar um but what, i think he leads a league in receiving yards at the moment uh stefan diggs so he's been a guy that kind of has been exceeding his expectations tremendously but you mentioned it as well the run game are both kind of shaky in both uh both teams but we'll have to see you mentioned quarterback play kyler josh allen two guys are gonna light it up i think it's gonna be a fantastic game but you got bills i got cards all right, a lot of fun games at the 3 mm-hmm. o'clock window. That one might just be the best one. Also, look out for that Rams and Seahawks matchup. Three NFC West teams all to watch out for. All right, upset of the week. All right, it's going Monday night. Chicago fans, it's finally time to say something positive about the Chicago Bears. They are projected to lose on Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Even though Chicago is at home, they are two and a half underdogs against that Vikings team. But I'm going with the Bears. Upset victory, 24-17. Here they are on a three-game losing streak. This offense, it's just so hard to watch. Montgomery's banged up, but he's got an extra day to heal up as well, I believe, with a concussion injury. And now you're going against a Vikings defense that has been brutal all year. They're secondary. They can't stop anything. Maybe Nick Foles. It's kind of that matchup. Nick Foles versus the Vikings secondary. Who do you favor? It's just one of the worst of the two evils. And I'm going to favor Nick Foles in this matchup. I think Allen Robinson has a feast on Monday night, and then you have a couple good options as well in the passing game. Mooney, watch out for him. Sleeper in fantasy if you've had a ton of injuries. Uh, but I like this Bears offense against that defense, but more on the other side of the ball. The Bears defense at home this year, they've been excellent. They've been a top 10 defense all year long. They've only allowed 20 points at more than 20 points at home once. That was in overtime against the Saints back on November 1st. So at home, this defense is staggering. They're excellent, and they've been good all year long, but especially when they're back at Soldier Field. Now you have Kirk Cousins, and Dalvin Cook right now is running like a madman. He's getting into the MVP conversation for what he's doing with Minnesota but through the air I still don't trust Kirk Cousins and those uh, and the receivers for Kirk Cousins as well mainly due to his ability he's got 10 interceptions on the season and that's the second most behind Carson Wentz who has 12 what a year for him and with the pass rush that comes with Chicago a lot of pressure is going to be on Cousins I don't trust Cousins under pressure like that so I think he'll be turning the ball over a couple times and the Bears will make him pay for it as well they win by a final score 24-17 and the Bears get that win on primetime just to show some more faith they've been good on primetime too back at soldier field they played the buccaneers a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago and they really had a good game against brady on the defensive side of the ball so this team they show up when it's primetime and they show up at home especially which is why i think they beat the vikings this week i like that pick i mean especially you you mentioned it um when you talked about kirk cousin i'm trying to pull up his his monday night football oh yeah that's what it is he is oh and nine on Monday Night yes. Football. Um, I didn't even think about that. You brought that, that up because I, I was like, Kirk, you brought up Kirk Cousins. I was like, yeah. So Kirk yeah. Cousins is 0-9 on Monday Night Football. Wow. He has a losing record um, on primetime games, but when it comes to Monday Night Football spots, 0-9. So, wow. I was I already, would, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were already on it about the yeah. Bears, I mean, winning this game, and you brought up a lot of good points, I mean, defensively and how they play at home, but... Going, I mean, going against Kirk. I mean, oh, I was no. already confident, in it, but you just boosted my confidence. Oh, there we go. All the more. Yeah. So, Kirk Cousins. Maybe this is the final of the week, but nope, he's not. He's yeah. going to lose uh, by seven. So you never know with Kirk. Though. Yeah, you never know with Kirk. I mean, Bears fans, if you're listening, I mean, Kirk 0-9 Monday night. You're playing at home. I think you had a good shot to win this game. I mean, fantasy implications. I wouldn't trust anybody except Cook and Allen Robinson. So, I mean, if you have Jimmy Graham, I don't really know. Um, other guys, especially Brown Moon, you'd be a sleeper. But I like that pick. That's a good pick. Um, we've been hating on the Bears the whole year. Yeah. We'll see if finally going to turn out, uh, get a win here on uh, primetime spot. Uh, my upset, um, it's 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 a it's a good upset. I think it's manageable. It seems crazy right now. I mean, to some people, but. Um 
Cleveland right now has a 62% chance to beat Houston. I think this would be a sneaky spot for the Texans to potentially Ooh. upset the Browns. Uh, right now, rightfully so, there's a reason why the Texans are not favored in this matchup. 60% chance going to Cleveland because they're 2-6 and six in the season. I mean, but Houston, I mean, we, we, we trash them all the time. A lot of memes come out of this team with their management front office. Um, but they've had one of the hardest schedules, if not the hardest schedule in the league so far. I mean, the losses they've had, five out of the six losses um, came to Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Green Bay. Their only one bad loss, I'd say, is to Minnesota. But Minnesota's starting to kind of flip the tide on their season. You can tell they're playing better. And that was the game Dalvin Cook really took off. His first really huge game of the season against Houston. But I think Houston, they're, they're starting to get hot. I mean, they... They almost lost against Jacksonville last week. I can't believe that game was even close. Jake Luton, uh, I forgot what college he went to, but a rookie quarterback for Jacksonville. I didn't, was not expecting that to be a close game. Took it down. They had a two-point opportunity. They didn't hit it. Uh, Houston got a win. That's good for them. They needed to win. Um, but they're gonna. I think they're going to kind of carry it over. I'm really I, – I trust the offense, really. I know David Johnson has been struggling. Running game hasn't been where it's at, but um, – Watson, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Watson's obviously been fantastic this year. Um, he's actually been really effective when it comes to, uh, I think it was quarterback percentage of uh, quarterback rating this year is where he's been uh, good. And his receiver core has actually been working out pretty well. Will Fuller in trade discussions. He's back now. He didn't move anywhere. Cooks, Fuller, and who's a third one? Who am I forgetting? Cobb. Cobb has been the other one. All three of them, three-headed monster in that receiving core. They have a lot of options to throw to. Um, I'm actually surprised this has been working offensively for them. Um, Duke Johnson is going to be playing in in over David Johnson this week. I don't think David Johnson is going to be playing due to injury. I think that's going to open up the playbook a little bit uh, because Duke's obviously bigger option receiving. Um, but I think Houston's going to get a, a win over Cleveland, upset win over under currently since at 53 and a half. Look for a shootout. Both defenses aren't too good. 34 to 30 is the win. Take the over. And revenge game. They, Duke Johnson, he mentioned Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. A lot of revenge games this week. And we'll, maybe we'll talk oh, about yeah. one Oh, yeah, later. yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about one later. That is uh, some we'll big see, revenge season there. Yeah, that, I like that pick. I mean, yeah. Watson, if you watched the film from last week, I mean, his ability just to get I mean I was watching the highlights earlier just because I wanted to start Duke Johnson this week mm-hmm. in fantasy I just needed to watch his highlights Sneaky a little one. bit but in doing so I watched Watson and the things he does it's not on the stat sheet he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he's slept on but imagine DeAndre Hopkins instead of Randall Cobb along with yeah. Will Fuller and then yeah. Brandon Cooks it's just it's hard. It's just yeah. hard. Uh, Bill O'Brien, what are you doing now? He's yeah. well, probably just watching football now. But I don't rough. know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I forgot. Totally forgot. I think I don't yeah, know why. But um, um, I brought this point up in my notes. I wanted to mention. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow some of the stuff we've been posting sometimes on our Instagram, social media. But I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Baker cycle. So this is we're we're pointing the Baker cycle where Baker Mayfield cycle where he loses to a they no they won. I'm trying to think. Did they lo- they lost before their bye to Pittsburgh, right? They lose oh, to sorry. a good opponent. Yeah, they lose. I think it was Pittsburgh uh, two weeks ago, and they had their bye this week. They lose to a good opponent, and then next up in the Baker Makefield cycle is win against a bad team, and then call out the doubters. So if you're focusing on that cycle, has actually been crazy. Uh, actually, crazy that's been this accurate. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cleveland Browns did win this game, and then you start to see the Baker talk up and everything. Um, we got to see how that trend goes. But I think uh, Cleveland a little bat, uh, battle injury offensively. I mean, Chubb is coming back. That's good. We've seen some good reports about him practicing that a knee brace, especially. But I think Houston's going to win. Duke Johnson revenge game, though. You never know. We'll see on Sunday at noon. All right, so I know you just gave me a nice little monologue there, Jack, but I'm going to have to do it again. I want to hear your lock of the oh, week. Oh, okay, well. I'm going back to back. Okay, so my lock of the week, um, this team who's going to be losing this game, Carolina has lost four straight games by an average of five points, so they've been really neck and neck and everything, and I would actually love how they played last week. I thought it was closer than it should have been, but I think the big difference for Carolina last week was getting uh, Christian McCaffrey back. You can tell how how open their offense becomes and how dynamic they become. You can tell everyone played way better when McCaffrey's back on the offense. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was doing stuff that I've never seen from Teddy Bridgewater before. Um, But I think I can't see um, Brady losing back-to-back games. I mean, he got absolutely embarrassed on primetime. 38-3 to was the loss they took. They were down, what, 31-0 to at half, I believe. Um, So I just can't see Brady losing to a 
division opponent back-to-back weeks. Um, you're playing Carolina, who originally we thought would be the worst team in this division. Um, obviously, Falcons starting to turn things around. Carolina 3-6. and six. They've been losing a lot of games, as I mentioned. Um, but right now, I think the Bucks are going to win. Brady's going to come back. I, I picked, I remember, I don't know what week it was, but I picked Brady uh, for my lock a few weeks ago it was either lock or a game of the week that I picked um, in which he was winning after a loss he doesn't really him and Belichick especially back in New England they didn't win a lot of times after a loss they didn't go back to back so I think the Bucks really t- handle business this week without McCaffrey in that offense um also, sneaky, I can't believe they lit up 38 points, but the defense for the Tampa Bay is actually really, really good this year. They're rated, I think, top five in fantasy specifically. Can't believe that happened. I actually started them last week. I thought it would maybe get six or seven out of them. Um, but I think they'll handle business. 50.5, 50.5 currently sits at the over-under. I think this will be kind of a more lower scoring as the Bucks will get ahead first. and They'll kind of just let uh, run out the clock, especially in the second half, third quarter, fourth quarter. I think they'll get a win 28-19, take the under for the betting lines. All right, well, yeah. McCaffrey, I appreciate you for uh, just sitting out this Oh, yeah, week. I'm playing. Okay, that's yeah, me and how Jack lucky are, is that? Yeah. yeah, me and Jack are playing each other in fantasy. McCaffrey's been out all season, comes back one week to uh, to beat my uh, our buddy yeah. uh, Spencer Goldberg. Sorry about that one. But I'm glad he's just taking this week off. Just rest up that shoulder. I mean, it's probably a little bit sore yeah, right yeah, now. And, you know, I get to face uh, – Donald had to face him like I did week one. So it's, it's all good with me. But, all right, lock of the week for me. Um, so New Orleans last year – they played the game of the year probably in the regular season against the San Francisco 49ers, and it was a heartbreaking defeat. George Kittle with that incredible oh, play along the near side, and it was just a magnificent win for Jimmy Garoppolo and company, and it showed that the 49ers were a Super Bowl team, and they ended up being a Super Bowl team besides losing to the Chiefs. Saints have that in their bag memory, just like that Rams game last year, which I think the Rams won against the Saints. I can't remember. Brady's got hurt in that one. But this is the revenge game. We mentioned revenge game with Duke Johnson. Now it's the Saints revenge game okay. against the 49ers because I would still have that in the back of my mind as well as they'll prove it to the 49ers that this year Saints are a completely different team. They're going to win 31-14, to 9.5 point favorites. I like those odds as they'll blow them out. But here's why. I mean, this is 49ers team. They're the most banged-up group. I, I mean, the Eagles last year – almost every year always banged up but this 49ers team I've never seen so many injuries I mean all across the board they have injuries at quarterback running back wide receiver doesn't matter and they've had COVID and other things as well and while the Saints team is probably the most complete team in the NFC if you can make a case for the NFL right now that offense is just it's so dominant you have two of the best running back duos well the one of the best running back duos in the league with Alvin Kamara who's just been excellent all year now you get Michael Thomas back and if you watch last Sunday night's game the impact Michael Thomas has goes beyond the numbers I mean open up everyone in that passing game that's why almost everyone besides Thomas scored a touchdown but Breeze felt more comfortable that whole offense was just perfect against Tampa Bay and then defensively I mean the Buccaneers with Antonio Brown back they had all this hype they just completely completely destroyed them and 31 nothing like you mentioned that mm-hmm. half you don't see that often, especially in a game that was hyped up like this. Now you go from facing Brady and company to 49ers with Nick Mullins and Debo's out, Kittle's out, the two best weapons on that 49ers team. Their running back position is week two without Mostert. I just can't see this 49ers team moving the ball against the Saints defense that's allowed the third fewest yards per game on the season. So I'm taking a big blowout win for the Saints. Offensively, they'll tear up that banged-up San Francisco defense. I mean, their pass rush is gone. Bosa's been out for the season. They need, and the secondary, Richard Sherman's been out too. So all facets of the game, Saints are going to win. They're going to blow them out. If I'm wrong, don't worry about it. I won't be wrong. They're going to blow San Francisco out and get revenge from last season. I like that pick. I mean, that's simple. I mean, I can't really see it. You mentioned all the injuries, especially. I mean, that's definitely one. But what were you not liking? Uh, what? Uh, Which one? Green Bay over Jacksonville? No. Was, yeah. I, I picked, that's too easy, I right? Picked, no, yeah. Well, maybe. But I picked Green Bay two weeks ago when they okay. were facing the Vikings my lock of the week. and They did lose And that, they yeah. lost that game. So now I'm going to do my lock of the week. I look into it a little bit more because I don't want to get my lock wrong. I mean, that's the one you just can't get wrong. Yeah. The upset, you're throwing up in the air. You're hoping for the best. But open with the best with Nick Foles and company. Or with the Saints, I, I feel extremely confident that they're going to win this game and i'm willing yeah. to bet a little silver penny on it so. i like it i like it um especially i mean if you if other other 
fans are listening and they could think about maybe potentially picking other upset picks. I don't mind maybe the Bengals over the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I mean, they kind of played a little bad last week. Is Ben going to play? I mean, what, COVID issues? Injury issues? Okay. But. you never know, man. Division games like that can be a little weird. I mean, in Pittsburgh, I can't really truly see it happening. Um, but there's a lot of sneaky games. I mean, this has been a weird year, especially um, when, especially for picking uh, games and betting lines and such. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some options out there. Speaking of options, start them and sit them. Mm-hmm. We want to give you the best options possible for your fantasy football team this week. I mean, the playoffs for some leagues start week 14. That's four weeks away, 15 for some other leagues. But you have to win now for most teams. And it's been such a hard fantasy year. We'll be talking about trades in a little bit, too, with the trade deadline coming up for some leagues as well. But it's been such a hard year with all the injuries and how COVID's been. And it's been a roller coaster. But if you're here now, maybe you're four and five or five and four. You're on the cusp of a playoff spot. You need these weeks and you need these stardom and sit to really help you lead the way. So hopefully, Jack, we can help everyone just get their fantasy mm-hmm. ones besides you listening to me oh, yeah. and other people that are listening in as well. But stardom of the week for me, I'm going to go with Rams wide receivers against the Seattle okay. Seahawks. And if you watch, like I mentioned earlier, the Bills tore up that Seattle secondary with John Brown and Diggs and company. And now you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, one of the best duos in the entire league in terms of wide receivers, going against that Seattle defense. It's allowed the most points to wide receivers on the year. I like that matchup a lot. And with how many points have been allowed by Seattle and then how Russell Wilson performs on the offensive side of the ball, I can see this being high scoring. So a lot of passing and a lot of Cooper Cup and a lot of Robert Woods. And Woods coming off a 28-point game against Miami before the bye. He's only been below 10 points twice this year. He's been consistent as you want from a wide receiver too. He'll be a wide receiver one numbers. And Cooper Cup, I mean, 20 targets last yeah, game. That was crazy. All he did was just throw it up to Cooper Cup wherever he was. And uh, he was really inefficient on those. Only had 110 yards. I mean, it's hard to say only for that. Mm-hmm. But when you have 20 targets, you expect more. But that just shows how valuable he is in the passing game. He's been banged up with a wrist injury, but he's playing this week as well. You want both of these guys in your starting lineup. Woods, Cup, both could have wide receiver one performances each. Not just one, but both could have due to the high-scoring affair that'll happen in Seattle this week. I like that. I mean, Seattle's been historically bad defensively. I saw something. It's been really bad. I mean, we so used to them. Legion of Boom days. Uh, that secondary is so good. Jamal Adams, I mean, getting it back helps a little bit, but still, they didn't play well, I mean, even last week. Um, but my stardom uh, is also a wide receiver, Travis Fulgham, going oh. into New York Giants. Um, I love this play. I mean, Giants currently right now giving up the eighth most uh, receiving yards, uh, passing yards, excuse me, uh, receiving yards, excuse me, in the, in the, in the league um, over the last three weeks, third most. Um, out of any team in the league especially. Um, Fulgham's been really surprising this year. I mean, there's always a couple players that always start to do good that I miss out on the waiver wire that I wish I could have picked up that I think they weren't going to be too crazy good um, because every week for the Eagles receivers, you see someone getting healthy, you see someone getting hurt, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey hears his name all the time. I don't know when he's ever going to play again. Now, they did get Rieger back, um, but Fulgham's quickly become one of the best um, options in this offense, um, and he's his target share has been super crazy especially I mean looking at his past he's basically only played five games this year and in those five games he's averaged about nine targets per game um, I think he's had a great matchup in division game a division game against the Giants he did good last time he played against the Giants as well I like Fulgham kind of a sneaky flex option wide two wide receiver two option um, this week and I'm moving away from people that are on my teams I think the past like five weeks four or five weeks I picked a guy on my team for a stardom I'm getting away with it because I feel like I jinx it every single time. Um, but Travis Fulgham, good matchup against the Giants. Battered secondary, um, not really good defensively. Go with him. I'll get back to that in a second, but yeah. I'm, we're flip-flopping. I mean, I never pick my player yeah. because I don't want to jinx them, but I just, this Seattle matchup for the yeah. Rams, I mean, it's, it makes it's, sense. Yeah. It should be a lock. But the one thing, you mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, it's weird that Eagles say they have a plan for him. He's been a full participant in practice, so I'm, I'm interested. Did this week, really? Yeah, okay, this okay. week, but they have a plan. I'm not really sure what that plan is. 
because it just sounds like it's healthy scratch maybe who knows know. but they have Jeffrey possibly coming back you mentioned Rieger and then Goddard as well they have a lot of passing options yeah. I think Fulgham they cannot bench Fulgham and they no. cannot decrease his target share either with how he's been producing uh, that's something to keep an eye out on though in case you never mm-hmm. know how a player does with all the added weapons but Fulgham I believe is the most talented receiver they have right now and he still should give you a solid uh, day and outing against the Giants as most people should mm-hmm. uh, so now for the sit of the week I'll go back to you okay I'm back to me um, my sit is a tight end uh, for, I had last time I picked a tight end was Henry, Hunter Henry oh, against Jacksonville is my stardom no it's not okay, him again yeah. um, I, so I haven't been hitting my tight ends but I think I'm going to hit this week my sit was Rob Gronkowski and I was actually okay. looking into his stats he is super super target dependent obviously he's getting older now he says that connection with Brady but he's not that like throw it up to Waller you know like 30 yards down the field I mean Gronk is a, is strictly like a goal line dude or you'll get like five to ten yards per reception whether that's like a whether that's like a slant or just a seam up the field if he doesn't I looked into this especially if he doesn't get more than seven targets in a game he has failed to score in double digits so that is really kind of alarming especially when you get a lot of these receivers and a lot of that mouths to feed in Tampa I mean we know Antonio Brown's there now he didn't play too too crazy he played actually uh better than a lot of people thought he would last game um but he's another guy there i mean some people have him projected 16 17 points this week um so that just goes to show how high a lot of people are on antonio brown um if you could use the case against you could you could help out the case for gronkowski i mean we know what travis kelsey did against carolina last week but even with the big performance from kelsey last week carolina is still 14th against the t- against tight end position this year um and i can't really and gronk isn't kelsey so i can't really see gronk having that kelsey type of day um but i think sit him uh, sit gronkowski i know it's hard with a lot of tight ends and it's really hard to start people especially with some people on buy at the moment but i wouldn't be too confident starting rob gronkowski this week so no no Gronk spike this week. No man. Gronk spike. And oh. no, with the, my luck, I'm, I'm, what's going to happen? I'm going to turn on red zone. I'm going to get to it. The first drive, Gronk's going to catch some fade. He's going to spike it. I'm going to be like, okay, there's my sit <laughs> of the week already out of the way. Um, but Gronk is my sit Travis Fogel, my stardom. I think those are two good options um, for this, uh, this uh, segment. Do you know who's the bad option, though? I'll give you two, actually. I gave you two Seattle receivers. Okay. Or no, two Rams receivers yeah. to start. I'll give you two Minnesota receivers okay. to bench. And that yeah. includes benching Adam Thielen. I know it's so hard to mm-hmm. do so, but this Chicago defense, I mentioned it earlier, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, which is not favor Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And the Bears on the season, they've allowed the third least amount of points to fantasy wide receivers. And at home, too, I just don't like those odds for Thielen. And Adam Thielen, his last three games three receptions three receptions and two receptions he hasn't had more than five targets uh since going the on seattle game which was a sunday night game multiple weeks ago on october 11th so they just not throwing it to him or justin jefferson really because they're relying on down and cook a lot more and without their production a lot of a high target volume Thielen's not going to produce the numbers you need from him i mean he hasn't had more than five points in three weeks and for a wide receiver in ppr leagues that's unacceptable and you can feel confident benching Thielen for a so many better options out there i mean there's receivers that get i mean jacoby myers even it's tough to bench adam thielen for jacoby myers but the targets are there right now and he's the hot wheel kind of in new england it's hard to trust a hot player in new england but you can maybe trust him even more than thielen but he definitely more than justin jefferson and jefferson has that blow-up game and then he just kind of like sleeps for a little bit Mm -hmm. he has another blow-up game that's not going to be uh this game on monday night as he's been below 10 points in his last two weeks seeing just eight total targets in those two weeks as well so they're not throwing the ball a lot and even if they do on monday night kirk cousins like you mentioned he can't perform on monday nights it's just too much pressure on him and he's not gonna be able to perform on monday night either against the bears defense that's one of the best in the entire nfl so I'm going to sit Justin Jefferson for sure. And Thielen, mm-hmm. if you don't have any better options, I guess you can start him. But don't be expecting anything like you got maybe earlier on in the year because Thielen, I believe, will be one of the biggest busts of Week 10. I didn't know he was doing that bad, though. Yeah. I mean, because he started out a pretty – I haven't really – that's crazy. Under five points in three consecutive games. And he started out good this year, I believe. I haven't done the numbers with Thielen, but he was a big – he was a big-time receiver in the beginning of the year. That's he's, crazy. He's been kind of inconsistent. Yeah. I'm looking at the numbers now. He had a big blow-up against Green Bay to start the yeah. year. Didn't do anything against the Colts. And then he had two big games in a row against Houston and Seattle. That got his value all the way back up again. But he is he's struggled to be consistent all year long. And from a wide receiver in the position like this this year, 
your wide receiver is loaded in fantasy. There's a lot of consistent options that are getting the ball a lot. Uh, Charles Fulgham, for example, coming out of nowhere. Now he's even a better option than these two. So uh, I know it's a big name, Adam Thielen, and the Justin Jefferson hype is there too, but I don't trust either of them this week. What is, um real quick, I wanted to see maybe a potential buy low candidate? Adam Thielen? I don't know what his schedule's looking like at the end of the year. I mean, is it easier? Because, well, I mean, geez, I didn't know he was doing that bad. I mean, that's ridiculous. If fantasy owners of yeah. Adam Thielen feel the same way I do, oh, I don't know when bad. your trade not deadline bad, is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have it pulled up? Yeah, Dallas. Uh, so Chicago this week, and he's got Dallas, you know, that secondary, yeah. Carolina, Jacksonville, Tampa. He's got Chicago again, and then New Orleans and Detroit. I think maybe... I know a lot of owners are probably pissed about him right now. Maybe you can jump on that. But, I mean, that wraps into our next uh, segment anyway. So... And that segment is players to buy for the trade deadline. You need to make that move to get into the playoffs. Well, guess what? We're going to help you with these moves as well. We're going to give you two players that you should buy before the trade deadline passes and two players we think can win you a championship or at least get you to the playoffs. I'll start it off. Wide receiver from the Bengals. I love T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. I love him the rest of the season as well. Uh, The rookie class this year for wide receivers, it's mind-boggling how good they are next year could be even better but focusing on this year there's so many great options and D Higgins is one of the best ones and he's had immediate chemistry with Joe Burrow that started just back in week three I believe and since earlier on in the season T Higgins has had double digits in every single game and he's gotten at least seven targets in all but two games on the year so it's a team that loves to throw the ball a lot and Joe Mixon's held is a little bit uncertain too he might be back next week but even with Joe Mixon they like to throw the ball which means a lot Tyler Boyd and a lot of T Higgins less AJ Green more of those two the younger guys and T Higgins has been producing as well I mean you're looking at his numbers right now he's had at least like I said the seven targets in most games this year coming off a game against the Titans where he had nine targets and six receptions he's struggling to kind of have those big blow-up performances he hasn't really had a big breakout just yet but he's been consistent he's a perfect wide receiver too or even flex option that'll get you those solid double digits you want every single week out of those positions and here's his schedule the rest of the way after Washington in week 11 it looks beautiful he's got the Giants he's got the Dolphins the Cowboys Steelers and Texans in week 16 all those defenses ranking the bottom 12 in the league in terms of facing fantasy wide receivers so the volume is going to be there the manships are going to be there he's healthy it's so fine it's so hard to find a healthy player nowadays in fantasy but T Higgins is healthy so expect big numbers from him and impossible blow up coming up soon as well T T Higgins you want to buy him right now before he because he's coming off a buy as well Mm. so the fantasy owners that's a perfect time to buy someone is when they're off a buy and his value is a little bit lower than should be get him now win your league later yeah, T is another guy for me where I didn't look at him at the waiver wire. I was like, should I pick yeah. up this guy? Screwed me over in the end. Um, but this guy, waiver wire pickup, you'll like this, Dom. I think a guy to trade for at the moment, Miles Gaskin, is a perfect oh. option. And both of my picks, uh, both of my players that I'm going to be talking about for this segment, segment are currently undergoing some injuries, and that will work in your favor as you buy low for them. They haven't played a little bit. But Miles Gaskin, um, he played against LA Week 8, got hurt. It was a weird injury at the end of the game, like you mentioned a little bit ago. Um, like last play, right? I think that's what it was. It was. Um, so he's going to be out three weeks. So you had the one game last week against Arizona. He'll be out against, he'll, he'll be out against uh la chargers will be out against denver will be back against the jets week 12 that's a perfect game back for miles gaskin but not necessarily just for that matchup i think um two in the offense now kind of brings another dimension to the, the offense i mean i feel like with fitzpatrick you saw more of the jordan howard type of players you saw more of I've, I mean, you saw you still saw Miles Gaskin a little bit, but I feel like now it's more fast paced. You're not going to have that downfield kind of game. I mean, you're going to be getting your backs involved. Put out a guy like Miles Gaskin in the backfield um, is going to be is going to be used better in favor for the Dolphins. And I mean, just looking at his attempts and touches for Gaskin this year, I mean, he's gone up to th- about nearly 30 uh, high 20s in a lot of these games, and that's crazy for a guy that wasn't really talked about in drafts um, coming into this year. I mean, he was. 30 Third, uh, third on the depth chart, I believe, was. at the start, at the end of training camp. So a guy who's kind of emerged. He's still kind of um, a guy not talked about too much. So you have the name factor involved. Not many people are talking about Miles Gaskin. And also, like I mentioned, you can use his injury 
as a benefit for you now, a lot of people have him stashed on their bench. You can get him back. Good running back depth for that playoff run. And he's got a good matchup, as we talked about, kind of up Jets, Cincy, Casey's not the best run defense. And all all in all, I mean, the Dolphins are competing. I mean, they're, what, they're only 5-3, and three, I believe? I believe so. 5-3 and three at the moment. So they're really competing for a chance to make the playoffs. So they're not going to hold down and kind of just play backups. They want Gaskin back. They'll get him back healthy. That's a good uh, buy candidate for uh, the trade line coming up. And like you mentioned, if they're a contender and they're yeah. leading in a lot of games, he'll get more value. But also, he gets the receiving value, too. But a mm-hmm. uh, great p- option there. And also, in Yahoo, I believe he's 68% owned, which means a lot of people dropped Gaskin because they couldn't afford the roster spot. If he is on your waiver wire, go check that right now because he's a league winner as well down the stretch, hopefully. And thank you for calling him out. You said yeah. another guy with injury. I'm hoping it's someone that, it's in my head right now, but we'll wait and see yep. who it is. But uh, for my second player to buy is another injury player. Hopefully we don't have the same one, but I have Chris Carson. Okay, no, we're good. Okay, we're good. All right, from Seattle. And when he's healthy, he's a RB1, or at least a high-end RB2. And those are so hard to find in fantasy nowadays. But the volume he gets, no matter the matchup, he'll produce for you. Even week one, he didn't really run the ball that well against the Falcons, but he had two receiving touchdowns. That shows that no matter what situation they're in, Chris Carson's going to be involved through the passing game or as a running back, and he's a good goal back too. He's just what you want from a team that likes Seattle that scores a lot of points and in other defense allows a lot of points that still bodes well for a player that's game script proof matchup proof and all the above and week 13 week 14 the weeks you're going to try to you need to get uh, production out of to get into the playoffs he's got the Giants and the Jets with the Red with the Washington football team and then the Los Angeles Rams in week 15 and 16 not the worst matchups there either so you have Chris Carson an elite running back at a low all-time low value because he's been banged up all year and this week it's not certainty he'll play or not I'm not sure what the injury report is yet for Seattle usually comes out a little bit later later since they're on the west coast but if Chris Carson is on a fantasy team where the owner's disgruntled and they maybe need a player right now that'll help them and Chris Carson isn't really that right now because he's still hurt offer someone to them and maybe try to get him uh, while you can because he'll blow up eventually, especially week 13 and 14. So make sure to get him before your trade deadline passes. And I like Chris Carson. I mean, Seattle absolutely loves Chris Carson. They're willing to be patient with Chris um, especially, but they need that running game back. I mean, DJ Dallas is there right now. Travis Homer. I mean, guys that weren't really talked about going into the season. Um, but Chris Carson's the guy. You can get him because you mentioned the owner's probably pissed at the moment. A lot of these people drafted him second, third round. We had a guy, one league, drafting first round. Um, so Chris Carson was a guy coming in with big expectations. Had a good last year. He's hurt this year by him now. I think that's a great idea. Um, my next guy I talked about, he's hurt like Chris Carson was and like Miles my, Gaskin was. Uh, but Noah Fant. And I know it's okay. kind of like a boring name to bring up and I know it's a low-key tight end but we talk Hmm. about how what'd you say he is boring oh you're going get because you're literally sleeping because how boring the name is Mm -hmm. you'd think I'd bring up a better name in this segment but I'm talking about a low-key guy Um, we talk about how battered the tight end is and how hard it is to get a consistent tight end um albert o for this offense tore his acl i know it's sad um, but that gives even more opportunity for noah fan to kind of emerge um in this entire year he's kind of been battling injury but the two games that he was fully healthy and he was working with drew lock who was also healthy um were weeks one and two he put up 19 and 17 in ppr um so both those games originally i had him on my league uh in my on my team and a lot of people did have him they sold him high in the beginning um but now he's back he's starting to get healthy again um i think this would be a potential like low-key trade option or even if he's on the waiver wire at the moment Noah fan would be a good pickup because there's not many tight ends with a better situation right now than him who are kind of like the low-key guys as i mentioned um he's got a chance to emerge and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but i think drew lock and healthy starting to get more fluid in the offense starting to get more confident i think Noah fan could be a sneaky sneaky pick possibly for a buy low candidate so we have Noah Fant Miles Gaskin you mm-hmm. love those injured players I love them man it's a smart strategy though yeah. get them right while you can because when they're healthy they're some of the best at their position and then also don't forget T Higgins and mm-hmm. Chris Carson two other guys I'm not going to go into but 
Raheem Ostert and Austin Eckler are good schedules yeah, down the stretch, definitely. and they're coming back soon. So if you love the injured players as much as we do uh, here on the Booth Review, make sure to go get them right now. So now it's time to answer your questions. If you have any fancy questions for us that aren't going to be asked now and weren't answered during the show, let us know. And also, if you have any trades that you're tr- kind of thinking about pulling off, but you don't really know if it's a good offer or not, if it's going to hurt your team, it's going to make your team almost too good. There's no such thing as that, mm-hmm. though. Uh, let us know, and we can evaluate your trade on Twitter or Instagram, whatever you want, and you can let us know, and we'll help you uh, win your fantasy league like we did with T. Higgins and companies. So now, time to answer your questions that are maybe fantasy. Oh, never mind. Oh, we have... Ooh. I don't. You'll see. You'll see. I, this is the first time I've looked at him again, and you already know who's asking a question at the end. So oh, we'll yeah. get to him. We'll oh, get to yeah. him in a little bit. Jack, we'll start with you. Um, first question from Zach Nadel at Zach underscore Nadel twenty four. From what we've seen so far, if you had a redraft, would you take Herbert or Burrow with the first pick? And I know I could obviously show support for either of these guys, but I love Burrow still. I, I mean, it's not like Burrow's been bad. We know how good Herbert's been. Actually, just won another Rookie of the Week honor. I think he's gonna end up honestly taking the 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 crown for rookie of the year and i think if the Chargers keep winning these games which they keep losing in the last play what we've seen i think that what's going to help justin herbert's favor um um but i think i like burrow still he's he's a damn good competitor um you can really tell he's confident on offense already a captain on that team i think the Bengals are really happy they got burrow and i think the Chargers are really happy they got herbert uh, nonetheless i'm going to take burrow though i agree with that what he's done with cincinnati already is promising for the future ethan lape at elape64, how long do you think the Steelers will remain at the top? Does them not having a true wide receiver one hurt or help them? I'll answer your first part of the question. First, I believe they'll be on top for basically the rest of the year. I'm looking at the rest of the season schedule, and it's not too bad. They have the Bengals this week, even though you put them on mm-hmm. somewhat upset of an upset watch, alert. Yeah. I think they beat the Bengals in Jacksonville next week. Obviously, they win that. Another uh, Thursday night on Thanksgiving night, uh, they play the Ravens. That's, That's going to be a thrilling one, game. I think one. the Steelers do sweep them on the year. They have a game against Buffalo on the road. I think they lose that one, though. But they'll still finish the season, I think, with the best record in the NFL. So I think they're going to be on top for the rest of the year. And also, I think not having that true wide receiver one actually helps that team. I mean, the secondary, How do you, who do you prepare for? I mean, Deontay Johnson's so good off the off the ball and then run after the catch as well. Juju's Juju out of the slot. He's always productive. And then Claypool's the explosive rookie. Not having that one big guy. I mean, obviously, Antonio Brown opened up that offense in ways that most wide receivers can't, but you have so many options that your passing game is always going to be on point, especially Big Ben leading the way, and as long as he's healthy, that team will thrive. So, honestly, I don't think they really need that wide receiver one when they have three players that are capable of being productive wide receivers week in and week out. Okay, uh, next question from Jonathan McNamara, John McNamara, 29. Always brings the college football questions. Um, who do you think will win the Big Ten West? Big Ten West has been kind of crazy this year. I mean, at this point in the year, I wouldn't expect Northwestern to be ranked or even at top in this, uh, in this region. Um, but I think... Northwestern is going to fall off, as I mentioned. Wisconsin's right now currently 13th. They haven't played a game in forever because of COVID. Um, but I think it's going to work out between Wisconsin and Purdue, actually. I think Purdue, looking at their schedule ahead, they got some uh, tougher games a little bit later on. They got Indiana playing last, but they still have games between Rutgers and Nebraska. They played Northwestern this week. I think they're going to actually upset and beat Northwestern. They're going to become ranked um, in the Big Ten West. And I think it's going to be, like I mentioned, between Wisconsin or Purdue, Purdue neck and neck um, because I really can't see Purdue losing to Rutgers, Nebraska. It's going to be closer with Indiana. Um, But there's also a game in the middle of that schedule remaining for them against Minnesota. Minnesota right now, they lost two. They lost the the first two games and whooped up on Illinois last week. I think um, it's still kind of open, but I think it's going to be between Minnesota or Purdue as my two in the Big Ten West to represent that region. All right, this one's from Nick Deppy at Nick Deppy 18 Do Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have the best quarterback-wide receiver connection? If they don't, who does? I do believe they have the best quarterback and wide receiver connection because I'm comparing it, obviously, to Mahomes and Tyreek, but there's so many weapons in that offense, but... 
on Green Bay, there's only one receiver you're game planning for. I know Lazard's coming back soon, and they have a couple other guys as well, but it's Devontae Adams that carries that offense when he's healthy and the job he does along with Aaron Rodgers. And they're always on point, no matter the matchup, no matter what cornerback is on them. Those two have been elite the last three years, and especially this year. I mean, this is Devontae Adams' even bigger mm-hmm. blowout than 2018, and nobody's going to be able to stop them. They're just... They're always on the same wavelength, no matter what. And there's no better chemistry in the league than, I believe, the Tyreek and Mahomes combo. But like I said, I mean, those two have so many weapons in that offense that they don't really need to be on point always. And Adams and Rodgers almost always have to be uh, on the same wavelength. So I believe Rodgers and Adams is better than Hill and and Mahomes because I also believe there's a lot better value in there for Devontae Adams. He gets a lot more targets and he gets a lot more receptions than Tyreek. Tyreek is a big play threat of the NFL and he doesn't need those receptions to make his impact but they're always going to Adams and it always works and you can't really say that about too many other duos in the league. I'm trying to think of a third option. Uh, I was seeing like what a DK and Russ right now, but that's but like I don't one think, season yeah, in the yeah, making. Yeah. We um, have to see a consistent. Breeze, Matt, Matt Ryan and Julio Matt Jones, Ryan, Julio. Michael Thomas and Breeze. Yeah. Those I would believe are battling for a third and fourth, but mm-hmm. right now, I mean, number one is Adams and Rogers. Yeah, Adams missed. I think he's missed like three games still, and he's second in the league in receiving it's touchdowns. Ridiculous. So people are people are. If you haven't caught notice of Devon Adams, what he's doing, you've really got to start paying attention to fantasy and football in general. Uh, from Brad McClellan at Brad McClellan, uh, one of two questions that will be answered uh, in this segment. But who do you, who do you believe will be the best NBA player in the upcoming draft? Um, I got two kind of uh categories for this question um but for the first one potential wise i think lamello has the most potential in this draft i mean he's an oversized point guard he kind of uh has not the build to ben simmons obviously ben's a little more beefy um but i think he's kind of got that uh obviously bigger guard type of handle in the ball um you're not going to get your typical 6'2 point guard 6'3 guy he's a bigger bigger guard but he also can really extend the floor potential wise I think Lamelo has it but the best player right now will be Obi Toppin wherever he goes I think he should go in the top five but I think he'll have the most the biggest immediate impact for the team that he's drafted to We'll see where he goes on Wednesday. Nick Escobar at Escobar Nick 3511. Do you think Russell Westbrook can go to the Bulls? Another yes or no question. Well, <laughs> yes, he can go to yeah. the Bulls, but I don't think he should. I mean, the Bulls are building that young core in Chicago right now, and Westbrook, I mean, you've seen how it worked in Houston. It didn't work, and I just don't like it in Chicago either. Obviously, that he, I saw an article that said he wanted to be in that role again, that he was in OKC where he controlled everything, and he would in Chicago too, but but I don't like the way they're heading right now. I do like the way they're heading, and I don't like it if they were to add Russell Westbrook too. And then you have to trade for him as well, meaning you're losing young pieces, and that's just not worth it. So I believe the Bulls should just let Russell Westbrook go wherever, he, go somewhere else and watch him because they're building a good young core in Chicago. Okay, for the first of, I believe, yeah, three questions for both of us. The first one from Will Crawford at Will Crawford 18. Who is the best football team in the St. Louis area right now? And I think right now there's three to pick out of. Um, two will actually be featured tonight on uh, our Lindawood's radio station, 89.1 The Wood. Um, but DeSmet, obviously up there, um, currently number one in the max prep rankings. Lutheran North, 11th. And then I believe Howell is 18th. I could be wrong. But right now, I personally, I might sound crazy, and I'm starting to get in touch with St. Louis football. Obviously, I'm from Chicagoland area, so I'm used to them. I'm starting to get used to St. Louis football. But right now, with DeSmet and Lutheran North, they kind of were shut down a little bit for COVID reasons. They didn't play much games. I think Howell is the hottest team right now in the area. And I know, Hadam, you don't like Howell. I mean, they're a rival to your high school. But right now, 9-1, and one, they've won, I believe, seven straight games. They started 1-1 one one in the year. Um, Howell right now is the hottest team they might not be the best but going against DeSmet I'd kind of be worried on upset alert for that game as we got some of our broadcasters calling tonight and speaking of that broadcaster Will thank you for mm-hmm. asking this question also congratulations on getting that job yeah with that's big that's Francis big time. Howell you'll be hearing him if you want on Francis Howell I don't know the site but he'll be calling the basketball games with Howell and he got all that drip last night 
too. I, I don't know if you saw this. Did story. he really? He got oh, polos. Wow. He had all his gear. So I bet you asked this so, so you could hear Francis oh, Howell's name. But I do think they're the best team in St. Louis area right now. I mean, I got to watch them live a couple weeks ago. Jack, mm-hmm. did you? You said I called. Yeah, I called a game. You you called Rock Bridge, I believe. Yes. That's what it was. I called um, who they play. I forgot. I mean, it was a blowout. How it won? Probably Timberland. Uh, was it Timberland? It might have been Tim. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it actually, was Timberland. It was a yeah. blowout. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But yeah, watching them defensively, they're excellent. Offensively, yeah. they have so many options too, and one of the better tight ends in the entire uh, country right now, which is crazy to think about too. Yeah. So Francis Al, that's our answer. Francis Al North on the come up though as well. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they, oh my god, I don't even want to talk about them. That's another right. day. Yeah, another day. You're right. Uh, if you had to build a shelter out of oh, this is from Brad McClellan. If you had to build a shelter out of candy to survive a zombie apocalypse, what candy would you pick? Uh, note: You have the ability to cut, to freeze, or melt the candy. Well, this uh, my answer will always be Kit Kats. Like I, okay. I, I, I could live off Kit Kats for the rest yeah. of my life. Uh, Jack, you're thinking about this one though. I mean, this is I'm, I'm mainly I'm thinking about my answer, but I'm mainly just thinking about the time you had to make this question because I can't even like mentally process how you would even come up with this question i mean good for you i'm not saying it's bad but that is just crazy and so specific i don't know if it ties into the friday the 13th or the halloween vibe Um, but if i were to do something and if i wanted to really protect myself with one candy it'd probably have to be those typical like grandma hard candies they pass out on halloween you always get a couple candies that you know you're never gonna eat because they're just those hard wrapped up candies i'd probably do that if i could um because i don't want anything that's gonna just like like you said, melt or kind of just like obviously lose my shelter, but uh, definitely something hard. Uh, and I, like I said, I wouldn't want to melt anything in the sun. All right, moving on. Billy Woods at Willie Boots. I don't even know the first part of this question. Can cereal be considered soup? And is hot dog a sandwich? That that uh, this is outrageous. This is absolutely outrageous. Has cereal ever been called? A I've soup never. Before? I've I've heard the hot dog one. I've never heard yeah, the soup too. one with cereal. I've I've never heard that. In my uh, life Billy, actually. I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, no, no, absolutely yeah. not, <laughs> Billy. I I. <laughs> I mean another another creative question. I mean I'm I'm, I'm loving the creativity of these questions. I mean when we I say when we say in question time on on Thursdays we say ask any question for a chance to be yep. featured. We don't just specifically close it to sports questions. But if I had to pick one for sure, no soup. And yep. I might sound crazy, but I think hot dogs technically a sandwich because it's meat between between bread. I mean that's a sandwich. I don't, I don't know if that's crazy. I mean, that's another debate for another day, but I I think hot dog is technically a sandwich. If you really break it down, you got meat between uh meat meat between bread. Is that all it takes to be a sandwich? I think so. What I mean, if you cut up a hot dog and put it in bread, I mean Yeah. I mean I guess, but I'm I mean, I don't it's like a, water's I mean, wet, I, man. I don't think it's a sandwich, yeah. but I don't have a counter argument, so I'm I don't I can't defend it. But yeah. Billy, thanks for that. I guess I don't know the first part of the question though. I that that just yeah that was uh, that's head. crazy. I don't, I wouldn't even even yeah. think even consider that all right, at all. Viewers, if you think cereal should be considered a, a soup, let us know in the yeah. replies along with your fantasy questions, and we'll see your answer. Last question, you know who Chris McCoy at Chris, Chris McCoy question of the week underscore yeah. cream forty two. Who is your favorite to win the 36th IRF World Senior? What sport is it? What sport is it? Racquetball Championship this week. I pulled up the website for this, and it is worse than any website I've ever seen. Oh it's so hard. I don't even know if this is actually a thing, but I do know that Rocky Carson is the favorite, and I think he will win. Uh, he's actually got goggles on, too. They, do they all wear goggles? Yeah, they all have to wear goggles. Oh. <laughs> well, he wears them better than anyone else, and he's a veteran. He turned pro in 1998, so he's been at this a while. And did you know, Jack, his college was Saddleback College, and he was a standout oh, there in racquetball too. He's age forty-one. Huh? It's kind of out of his prime now, but I still think he'll be able to win. And uh, if you want to, I'm watching these highlights right now. Uh, Rocky Carl, Rocky Carson versus Alejandro Landa. I think Alejandro might take it. Is that the championship? Uh, it's a preview, actually. Oh, I'm Man, watching little highlight film, little huddle. Racquetball is fun to play. I mean, it's definitely fun, something to do, but I did not expect there to be a world championship for this. Yeah. But, man, Chris McCoy. I mean, we talked about Chris McCoy, question of the week. If there's a Never champ- disappoint. If there's a championship out there, Chris will ask you about it, no matter what sport it is. We got so, darts last week, I think. That's what I it was, think it yeah. was. But he's just, all right, what's next week going to be, Chris? I'm looking forward to seeing it and hearing it as well. But that does it. 
episode 43 of the booth review on this friday the 13th i wish you all the best of luck on this friday the 13th i know it's always a bad luck day but have good luck with your football team that you're rooting for this week your fantasy football teams and all of the above as well for jack leach this is dominic osher see you guys next time right here on the booth review peace